0: Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones. Telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show.
1: Lovely Rita, meter maid. Nothing can come between us. When it gets dark, I tow your heart away. Standing by a parking meter. Well, it, calls, it is read. a moment and there is a standoff now taking place between texas and the biden administration and you knew that this would be coming at some point texas put up razor wire in shelby park that's in the eagle pass area and tonight here on the rita cosby show i say bravo to texas and hold the line hold the line Texas. Because this is outrageous that we now have an administration who doesn't seem to care that we have a wide open southern border. They don't seem to be bothered by it. It doesn't seem to matter to them. They don't seem to care that we've got any issues whatsoever with the border and all the migrants that have been crossing, all the missing kids, 85,000 plus missing children that somehow are unaccounted for in this country. We've got the migrant you know crisis busting at the seams here in the United States. And all the Biden administration can do as opposed to saying, "Hey, seal the border, let's make sure that kids are not being abused and women and others." Nope. What they're doing is they're spending their energy fighting the state of Texas. To me, this is so symbol- just symptomatic of where this administration is going. It epitomizes where their priorities are. Their priorities are not on sealing the border. Their priorities are blocking Texas from sealing its own borders. God forbid Texas doesn't say, yeah, come one, come all. Don't worry about it, even if we haven't vetted you, even if you have a criminal history, even if you have problems, even if we haven't checked any of that. We're just going to let you into the state and we'll just take care of your health insurance and everything else. So bravo to Governor Greg Abbott, who is down there. That is, of course, the governor there in Texas, who is saying enough. He's saying this is what we are dealing with every single day. We are seeing so many of these illegal migrants crossing the border at historic numbers, at a historic pace, and we just can't take it anymore. Texas is bursting at the seams. And it's understandable that he is just fed up in the state of Texas and America is fed up, Mr. President. So now they have come forward, the Biden administration, and said, "Okay, here is the deal. You have until tomorrow to remove that razor wire that you've put up by the border or else. And there are threats that they may try to somehow federalize the National Guard, the Texas National Guard down there, that they may send troops down there. This is really getting to be an incredible moment in American history. And it really is an issue with the Constitution because you could make the case, yes, It is the federal government's responsibility to take care of our borders. But if the federal government is derelict in their duties, and you can certainly say that for Alejandro Mayorkas, the Homeland Security Secretary, well, then at what point do you just say, well, then they're just going to surrender the border and they're just going to make us vulnerable and they're going to make us open to criminals and they're going to make us open to diseases and all these problems that come when you do not vet your border. So... Who do you think is going to win this standoff? And what do you think is going to happen tomorrow? Because the Biden administration is making it very clear that they plan on doing something dramatic tomorrow. And Texas is saying, we will hold the line. And in just the last few hours, there have been governors, GOP governors, from a couple dozen states that have come forward and said that they will now side with Texas. I know uh, Governor Glenn Youngkin, of course, of Virginia, and a number of others have come forward and said that they support Texas in this fight. Here is one of the statements. Uh, We stand in solidarity with our fellow Governor Greg Abbott and the state of Texas in utilizing every tool and strategy, including razor wire fences to secure the border. We do it in part because the Biden administration is refusing to enforce immigration laws already on the books and is illegally allowing mass parole across America of migrants who entered our country illegally. That is coming That's a joint statement from 25 other governors in this country who say, guess what, Governor Abbott, you are not alone. We are fed up. And here is Governor Greg Abbott saying why he feels he does have to protect his own border because he said the Biden administration is not doing it.
2: So uh, what Texas is doing is just very simple. And, and, And that is because the Biden administration has really, truly abdicated its responsibility to secure the border and enforce the laws. Texas very simply is securing the border. And so we put up the razor wire that you were talking about, Bill, and we put up all these barricades that actually have denied illegal entry. Uh, And as you pointed out also in that screen, there are criminals coming across our border. Texas has a right as a state to stop criminals from coming into our state to make arrests of those criminals. And we have National Guard as well as Texas Department of Public Safety officers who are there to make those arrests, and to deny illegal entry. And Joe Biden actually does have an option here. Joe Biden's option is to enforce the laws of the United States and stop this illegal entry.
1: He does have a choice. And yet this president isn't doing anything. He could do a whole bunch of stuff by executive order. He could do remain in Mexico. He could stop, catch and release. There's a whole bunch of things that he could just automatically do, but he doesn't want to do it. He clearly is intent on having a wide open border. And you could tell that they're trying to negotiate now with Republicans in the Senate side. And this to me is shameful. Part of the deal that they're trying to negotiate is to have a maximum of 5,000 migrants cross illegally every day. So they're going to narrow it down as opposed to 10,000 or 12,000, which we've seen some days, to 5,000. That's like, you know, I'm not going to rob the bank fully. I'm only going to rob the bank halfway. And what, they want Congress to be complicit, I guess, in the robbery? Sorry. Uh, I think some of these folks who are holding the line in the Senate and also in the House, because many people on the House side, on the Republican House side, are saying, no, we're not going to bargain for security. Either you close the border, you protect the border, or you don't do it at all. You know, do it right. Right. We're not going to negotiate and like piecemeal it and say, okay, agree to 5000 when we could hold the line and maybe get a good ceiling of the border or at least something that people can feel better about when they go to bed at night as opposed to right now, which is just downright dangerous. So here is a little bit more from Governor Greg Abbott, because he says the Constitution, he believes, is on his side on this one.
2: So it was the states that created the United States. And when the states voted to uh, create the United States and have a Constitution, uh, included in that agreement was the compact that the federal government would take care of the states. And Article 4, Section 4 of the Constitution speaks to that and and says that uh, if the federal government does not take care of the states and the states are in danger, we can ask the federal government to live up to its obligation. Then the authors of the Constitution knew there would be times when the federal government would not live up to its duty. And so they empowered states in Article 1, Section 10, the right of self-defense. And what Texas is asserting is our Article 1, Section 10 right of self-defense because the president of the United States is not fulfilling his duty to enforce the laws passed by Congress that deny illegal entry into the United States.
1: So, does he have a case, and where is this headed? 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let us go to Mike in South Carolina, line three. Mike, your thoughts.
3: How you doing, Rita? Well, I'll tell you what. Um, I hope others um, get on board, other states, and say, hey, enough is enough. Te- Texas Governor Abbott has it right, okay, the right to defend our state, derelict of duty, of Biden, of course, okay? He doesn't know what state he's in. He's in a state of confusion, okay? And it's getting, the floodgates are open, wide open. And you even said it on your show, Rita, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago. There's people uh, representing over 170 countries that are gaining entry, and some are uh, criminals, a lot of criminals. And if you're coming through Mexico, the drug cartel You know, uh, they're the the leader of the band, so to speak. you got to go through them. And uh, criminals and everybody else, um, uh, it's outrageous. The floodgates are wide open. Enough is enough.
1: It is. And and I say bravo, uh, Mike, to Governor Abbott because, boy, uh, I can't believe he's lasted this long. I would have said, forget you. I'm not going to depend on you because— The writing was on the wall literally the day that this new president took office. I think about one of his first actions, you know, and so many things he did. He reversed everything. Let's go to Phil on line one. Phil, your thoughts.
4: Rita, this border situation is really a nightmare. But you see, the premise of the the founding fathers was that the United States has to be protected from an invasion. Okay. Okay. The point being that the illegals that are coming here are coming here on what's called asylum claims. That does not predicate their staying in the country until the claim is heard. There is no plan in, in Biden's system to accommodate these people. What they should have done is built substantially large centers throughout the United States, placed them in there. They have no rights as citizens even though they're pending their claims. But I can guarantee you one thing, when Trump gets in, there's going to there's be a sudden realization from a lot of the states that now we've got some power in the White House, and we can go forward and just build whatever we want to stop these people. Because this is, this is a military-style invasion, young men of draft age, healthy from other countries, who have no allegiance, no stated allegiance to the United States. And God forbid if they ever get armed up, what what they'll do to major cities will will make nine eleven look like a joke.
1: And you know what, Phil? I, I agree with you. It is very concerning, especially with all of these things. And as we just talked about with Mike, the fact that they are coming from so many of these different countries and and countries that clearly do not like us. I mean, what are suddenly um, you know twenty four thousand? Chinese nationals coming in well-dressed with suitcases, lots of money found on them. Do they sound like they're fleeing, you know, for difficult conditions if they're in a three-piece suit? I'm sorry, but that looks a little fishy. Um, look also uh, the people from Iran. they are people from Iraq, from Syria, from all these other countries. They clearly, I think, uh, we are really headed to tough times. And you hit it on the head that who knows what they are planning the one thing, though, Phil, you brought up, put them somewhere. I contend all this president, the current one, had to do was keep what Trump was doing. He had remained in Mexico. And that's why less crossed under him, because they knew, A, they couldn't, that they had to get approved first. So I contend they shouldn't even be crossing until they are vetted. That was the old school way, and that certainly makes it sound to be the safest way for this country. So we should be vetting them, we should be checking them, and then if they are doing it legally, if they fit all the standards, if we vetted them, if we've checked them, then at that point, then come into the country. Why should we suddenly have to house a whole bunch of them when we find out, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine years sometimes until these asylum hearings happen? There was one woman who got an asylum claim uh, filled, had a court appearance, noticed to appear, and it was dated Nine years from now. I mean, what's the chance of those people showing up? Zilch. 1-800-848-9222. And we'll continue your calls, everybody, after the break.
0: The Rita Cosby Show. It's the Rita Cosby Show.
1: And as we are talking about security, we've been talking about border security. Interesting. There was a proposal thrown out by New York City Mayor Eric Adams when he said that this proposal from New York City council members to make police officers do more paperwork, bog them down with paperwork, sort of nuisance reports that they have to fill out a report for even sort of minor encounters. It was very overburdensome. And the mayor vetoed that. But then New York City Council members, the very progressive ones, said, hey, we can override that. And then he said, well, I'm going to take you on ride-alongs. Why don't I just take you around town? You can see how bad it is, how tough it is for police officers that we don't want to kind of tie them up with paperwork. And now New York City Council members apparently are shooting down his request saying, no, thanks. We'll just kind of override your veto. So, so much for that. Also, one of the other bills was to continue with solitary confinement for some of the worst of the worst, some of those unruly inmates. And certainly there are many of them. There was a recent case of one of the inmates there who was beating up a guard. And everybody was saying, boy, if we had only had solitary confinement, if this is not a classic case of why there needs to be solitary confinement when you have out-of-control inmates. So there's a lot of stories about security that are out there and a lot of reasons why we need to make sure we protect our officers and also our citizens. And yet there are these progressive politicians who seem to think, well, solitary confinement is not nice to do to these terrible inmates who keep reoffending. And Let's just you know bog police down and make their job even tougher, and try to turn them away even more. Sadly, from working in New York, we want to keep them here. We don't want to drive them away. And speaking of driving them away, wow! I wish we could do that with the migrants on the southern border, but they are coming at a record record pace. Uh, Let's go to Sandra real quick, line five. Sandra, hi, hi, Rita. Good,
5: good evening. I, I wanted to say it's like a duty under the Constitution. For the leaders of any sovereign state to protect their citizens. So those warriors were working very, very well. And in my opinion, they were probably very cost-effective. So now the publicans are very angry. They're seething over this. And um, it was a five to four vote. And I know
1: which five people didn't want this, the ones that are on the other side. Yeah, you hit it on the head. They're playing politics. And who in their right mind would say, no, take the razor wire down, let people in, don't vet them, and don't worry about your state and your country.
0: Rita Cosby is on. Cosby Show presents Back the Blue.
1: And this Back the Blue segment is sponsored by Goyacares.com because you are a precious gift from God. And this is a very powerful story from Winthrop Harbor, Illinois, where a police officer there saved the life of a woman trapped, and firefighters rescued two dogs. After a fire started in an apartment building over the weekend, the fire chief said the call happened on Saturday morning and it was initially dispatched as a person with trouble breathing. A neighbor heard a woman banging on a wall and pleading for help. And so the chief said it was soon realized that the woman had trouble breathing because of a kitchen fire that had started and filled the entire unit with smoke. The incident was upgraded for many additional fire department units. Now, a police officer arrived on scene first and was able to remove a window air conditioning unit to gain access into the apartment. Also, the chief says thanks to that officer's keen eye and very quick exceptional actions, he was able to rescue the woman who amazingly did not need to be transported to the hospital. The fire chief said, quote, Thanks to the heroic efforts of the Winthrop Harbor Police Department there in Illinois, a good outcome was obtained. Bravo so much to our great police officers and, of course, the fire department. And thank goodness that woman is okay. By the way, also some interesting news tonight. Uh, Alabama has executed a man with nitrogen gas. It's the first time that this new method has been used. Uh, It just happened a little bit ago. Officials now pronounce dead. Eugene, Kenneth Eugene Smith, 58 years old. He was killed at the prison, executed uh, after breathing pure nitrogen gas through a face mask, to cause oxygen oxygen deprivation. Now, this is interesting. It marked the very first time that a new execution method has been used in the United States since lethal injection, which is now the most commonly used method. Now, we know, by the way, that this execution, apparently witnesses said he was flailing. Uh, they said his spiritual advisor, who was right next to him, said he was worried about... Uh, maybe being killed because of the gas. He was literally near him in the chamber, threw it out. It took about 22 minutes. And some of the observers are saying he remained conscious for several of the minutes. Now, the governor came out there and said uh, that this was nothing out of the ordinary, what they expected, and that it was humane. It's interesting because before even this happened, they tried to execute Smith, the same guy, in 2022, but the lethal injection was called off last minute because authorities couldn't connect an IV line. Um, I have some experience with executions because I was picked as one of the witnesses for uh, the execution of Stanley Tukey Williams, who was leader of the Crips, as you may know, the big gang in Los Angeles. Many years ago, uh, he had been accused of murdering a family during a break-in. He maintained he did not do it. There was a lot of evidence that he did, and obviously he was also leader of the Crips. Uh, but there was—it was a very, very controversial execution. And I went to you know uh, San Quentin, picked as one of the witnesses. It was a chilling experience sitting there and watching through a glass chamber— The execution of this man who I had interviewed, it was an IV that was a lethal injection. And in that particular case, similar to what happened with this guy in 2022, they struggled to find a vein. They finally did find a good vein in Stanley Tukey Williams, and he was ultimately executed. But it was interesting because he kept even pointing to the vein saying you know it's over here it's over here because he could see that they were struggling it was a very weird thing for me personally to be able to observe and especially somebody that i had interviewed but also if you look at some of the background of that guy uh he had clearly been involved with a ruthless gang one of the leaders of it for many 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 years and involved with a whole bunch of other things he was also nominated for the nobel prize In writing, trying to kick kids off gangs to get off gangs. So it was a very controversial case. And there were protests outside San Quentin. I was at NBC at the time. And it was an enormous, enormous story. And tonight, again, in the last hour or so, we're getting word that this guy, through a new method, again, nitrogen gas, has been used. And there's a lot of discussion as to whether this is humane, whether this is the right way to do it whether this is an appropriate thing because it took 22 minutes, they said. And this guy, according to authorities, was sort of hired in a hit and, uh, a murder-for-hire case, uh, killing somebody, killing uh, a woman. And you go back, and I'll tell you one of the things I thought about in the Stanley Tukey Williams case is I remember watching the victim's families they had come to watch the execution, watching their faces. And for them, as much as it was painful to obviously see somebody put to death, they also felt a sense of justice served. So I think tonight sometimes there are a lot of people who think, of course, about the person who now has been put to death. But if you look back at this case, uh, apparently this guy— uh, was hired in a you know murder-for-hire case uh, and a pretty gruesome case, too, where the victim had eight stab wounds in the chest and on either side of her neck. So a very brutal killing. So we have to also absolutely think tonight of the victims and their families tonight, too, as well. And guess what? Uh, their deaths was not an easy death. Uh, so sometimes when we hear these things, uh, we have to definitely put it all in context. Your thoughts about all of that tonight? 1-800-848-9222. one 848 9222 Dom uh, from Minnesota, you, first of all, your thoughts about this news about this Alabama inmate put to death with this new method. It's nitrogen gas. And there are a number of sort of civil liberties folks coming out tonight saying this is inhumane. This is not appropriate. Your thoughts?
6: Yes, it's inhumane, Rita, but Mr. Biden is making all of us inhale nitrogen gas. You know, we're talking about a compassion towards the murderer in Alabama being allowed to inhale nitrogen gas and dying a slow death. What is Biden doing? Having America fly, fly, you know, die a slow death. He is, you know, Biden is turning into Hannibal Lecter with PTSD, President Trump Stress Disorder. <laughs> that's that's what he's doing you know he's putting his own political future before the country's well-being he's putting career military personnel against each other by sending in troops to oppose the texas national guard and cutting the fence except you know biden is not running the country his handlers are and he is the ice cream sucking winter luck to walter you know, <laughs> the, the
1: well, guy. and and dom do me a favor stay with us if you could dom because i want yes, to play you I brought love. up Hannibal Lecter. Um, And and this is interesting because this is what Ted Cruz had to say yesterday. Uh, He was pointing at Chuck Schumer. Listen to this one.
3: Republican leadership is like with Lucy and the football. And over and over again, they run for the football. And over and over again, Lucy Schumer pulls it away. And Republican leadership lands on their ass. They entered this negotiation saying we will only do what Chuck Schumer will agree to. He doesn't want to fix this. He wants it to continue. So negotiating with Chuck Schumer on securing the border is like putting Hannibal Lecter in charge vegan ad campaign. He might dine on your liver with a healthy side of fava beans, but it's not going to remotely do what the suggestion is.
1: (laughs) Dom, that was a good
6: one. (laughs) You got to admit that. I think, I think, you know, he, he's got the, he, you know, Biden's got a serious case of PTSD, President Trump's Trump stress disorder. That's what he's got. He says, how the hell can I not run against this guy and still win? That's his problem. And the problem is the people around him are running the country into the ground, and I don't know who those people are. That's the problem we have with this thing. I hope he doesn't win. I mean, I hope Trump wins and, you know, cleans this up. Because otherwise, if Democrats win again, we have lost the country.
1: Yeah, boy, I can't imagine things getting worse than they are right now, Dom. Uh, That is for sure. Thank you, my friend. Let's go to Carol from Queens on line one. Carol, your thoughts? Yes, in uh, executing that uh, criminal.
5: Yeah, the monster. Yes. Why are they trying to reinvent
1: the wheel? Why not just use fentanyl? Ah, right, right. Just, uh, you know, go to the border, right, and call up one of the cartels, you know? Well, I mean, I'm sure we have it here in the United States that's legal for medication
5: or something like that. But why go through the whole problem? Why not just use that?
1: If it has to be done, wouldn't that be the most humane way instead of struggling? the sadly, as you point out, um, sadly, fentanyl is so toxic and is so deadly and you're right, uh, You just the problem is handling it because it is so unbelievably toxic. You think about the police officers who've pulled people over with fentanyl, some of these drug dealers, and many of the police officers have gotten very, very sick and taken to the hospital, so they got to be so careful handling it uh, because it is so downright dangerous, which is why when it's been laced into different medication that our kids and others are taking, it has been just really, uh, really, really dangerous and just so hard for them to handle uh, just even well, moving no, it. So, so that's the only issue I wonder, you know, I, but, but you're right. Uh, I mean, it certainly is toxic. That's for sure. And, and the gas that they
5: used, other people were afraid when they were in the room there for the gas.
1: Yeah, that is, so, you're right. Um, you're right. Cause there was a guy, by the way, there was his spiritual advisor who said that he was very worried. He said, this is the first execution that he has been with somebody And he said that I was worried about myself being killed with the, you know, with the nitrogen oxide, you know, with the gas there in the air. You don't know if some of it, even if it's supposed to be within the mask, who knows if it seeps out if you're in the chamber, that uh, it is a scary, that's a really, really scary premise. But you're right. We certainly know, we certainly know uh, that it's toxic enough. That is for sure, Carol. Thank you very much. Let's go to Norm. Line three. Norm, your thoughts about all this, this news tonight with this guy from Alabama
5: well i think you know i think experimental gas is barbaric i don't uh i pose the death penalty i mean i'm 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 pro-life and that extends to people uh behind bars i i don't i don't believe in killing them i believe in a uh i think things should be sort of like the way there were in the movie cool hand luke uh there should be chain gangs uh prisons should be pretty, uh, nasty places. I mean, they should have their rights to, you know, three meals a day, medical care. We owe them that, but, uh, not much beyond that. And I think it should be a place of, uh, a place of uh, hard, hard labor. And, um, I, I just, I just killing killing people will not bring back the loved ones. Um, and, and, uh, only, you know, final, final justice will come in the next world with God. And I don't, I just, I just, you know, I just don't believe in killing people. It doesn't, uh, it It doesn't, it doesn't uplift us.
1: Do it you believe, Norm, let me ask you, a better country. you know, and, sure. and I hear your point. Uh, do you believe that if it was, if, like you said, if it was a much yes. more tough time behind bars, because in some prisons, it, it's more tough and more difficult than others, but there's some that aren't so yes. bad. Um, and that, and I do think, especially for heinous crimes and difficult crimes, there should be, you know, should be tough times. Maybe there's something they can be doing behind bars uh, that a makes their time very difficult, and b mm-hmm. that they could be uh, getting money or doing a project that either helps a charity or that that gives recompense to the families. I think there should be some mandated recompense that they can somehow for the rest of their lives uh, do for the families that that they victimize. Don't you agree?
5: I think that's that's acceptable to me. I think that's a that's that's a valid argument. That's valid. Yeah. I uh, I, I just don't I just don't believe in this killing things because, you know, I just don't I don't and I don't trust this government enough to kill people. I just don't. I mean, I listen. I believe look, I believe killing is valid in war. You know, in self-defense, I do believe you know, completely valid. If you have to, in order to stop a crime, if you know you have to kill the person, I understand that. But after the effect, after when the person's in jail, uh, having them sit and waiting to kill them, I, I just don't. I don't see that. Yeah. I don't I don't. I don't see no, that. No, I
1: hear I just, you. I hear you. It's it is a very very difficult, uh, grueling conversation. I I completely understand where you're coming from. I just. Agree with you, Norm, that if they are going to stay in prison, and some people clearly need to be for the rest of their lives, for the the crime that they did, depending what the crime is. But if it's a heinous crime, they clearly should be, and it shouldn't be a a cakewalk in prison. Uh, They shouldn't, you know, they shouldn't be just sort of living off uh, taxpayers' money without doing something back to help the families and somehow give back uh, to regret every day what they did. You know, it can't be too easy. I've gone sometimes where I have interviewed people in prisons and I've seen and it's like it's not it's, you know, obviously it's not fun. You don't have the freedoms, but there are some prisons that are not that uh, that difficult to get by. in. And there's some people go, oh, you know, prison's not bad. I get the meals. I get the this. I get the that. You know, you don't want prison to be so comfortable that people don't fear it. And, and that's where I, we have to fix that system. And we also have to lock people up if they. Uh, are criminals. We first got to get them because there's this old open door that we keep seeing the revolving door over and over again. takes a long time before they ever get even behind bars to begin with. So there are a lot of issues, but uh, I totally hear what you're saying, Norm, and it's a powerful statement. One 9222 four eight nine two two two. We'll continue your calls, everybody. After the break,
0: it's the Rita Cosby Show. This is The Rita Cosby Show.
1: And coming up on the Rita Cosby Show, we will talk about this execution in Alabama. Also, the fact that city council in New York says, now nah, we don't need to do a ride-along. We're just going to bog police down. We don't care what the mayor says or anybody else. They seem to think they know better. But that is putting citizens in New York in danger. Also, there is a professor at NYU who was spewing some of the most unbelievable rhetoric about Hamas, saying, It's all lies. They did not kill babies. They didn't behead babies. They didn't do these things. Uh, these people are still in academia today. How can that be after all the things that we've seen and all the hearings and all the other cases, especially think of Elise Stefana grilling Harvard? Don't you think universities would get rid of the rot? And also, President Trump in court, he only spoke for about three minutes on the stand in the E. Jean Carroll case. This is the second defamation case. It was certainly one for the record books. And this comes as Fannie Willis, there's a very good chance that she will be put on the stand for all of her shenanigans and potential misconduct. So a lot of things are happening on the legal front and, of course, everything focused on texas because who knows what's going to happen tomorrow between governor abbott and the biden administration 1-800-848-9222 let's go to joel line four uh joel i understand you want to talk about the police bill in new york
7: yes i do Uh, i'd also like to turn in very briefly about the uh, death penalty too but it's the i went ahead and called my city council member and i advise everyone to do the same thing i merely said look uh you know this bill is coming along and and i didn't speak to the city council member i spec i spoke to one of their advise you know one of the staff and took forever to get out whether they abstained from the vote or voted affirmatively well she voted affirmatively and I, I simply said, look, if uh, you don't veto this bill, you're not going to get my vote again. You'll never get my vote. And uh, also, uh, I will speak to everybody and know about it. And that's what I'm doing right now. And just putting it out, I think everybody should do this. Go out there. The bill number is 586 because they want they want you to know what bill you're talking about when you're going there. They'll, they'll say, what are you talking about? I don't understand. Well, that'll clue them in right away, because that's the one that Jumani Williams introduced.
1: Yeah. By the way, it's crazy. Joel, I'm glad you're bringing that up. Bill 586, right? Is that correct? You just gave the number?
7: Good. that That is Bill 586. And here's the other part. If it does get through, this is what I suggest to be a real, like, in your face to the city council members, put together a very short statement, complaining about the city council members making the police do this and then introduce yourself to a policeman and hand them that piece of paper and say, this is what I'd like you to forward forward. So it becomes an instant complaint. They get thousands of complaints going to the city council about the idiocy they've done.
1: I love what you're talking about. Flood them. You are absolutely correct with letting them know that citizens want to be safe and they don't want to see their police bogged down. And I bet the officers, too, that you talk to, they appreciate your support. Bravo.